0: Hello, this is Leslie Groff Tenzer, and this is Legal Tenzer, casual conversations on noteworthy legal topics. To me, there is nothing more thrilling than watching a documentary about a real-life case. The making of a murder, hot coffee, the one about the woman who sued McDonald's for selling a cup of coffee that was too hot, and The Staircase are just a few of the documentaries I love. And now there's a new documentary on the horizon. It features my frequent guest and notable civil rights attorney Randolph McLaughlin and it tells the story of his successful fight against the Ku Klux Klan in the 1980s. The movie is called How to Sue the Klan, and Professor McLaughlin is here today to talk to me about it. Thanks so much for joining me. I, you know, there's buzz all around the school about this movie that you're a part of. And so let's start at the very beginning. Can you tell me a little bit about it? In
1: 1982, I sued the Ku Klux Klan in Chattanooga, Tennessee. They had shot five black women who were walking home on a Saturday night. One of the women with shotguns. Um, one of the women had over 100 shotgun pellets in her legs. And these shotgun pellets were um, what's called bird shot. And you learn a lot about these things when you try cases. And bird shot is a very small pellet. Because if you use buckshot, which you use on deer, right. to shoot a bird, the bird will be obliterated. So you use a small pellet to get a bird so you have something to eat afterwards, theoretically. So they use bird shot. But the problem with birdshot is that the pellets are so small, you can't operate on them. And they get into your flesh, and eventually they push themselves out of your skin and pop out.
0: Wait, so these the, the women
1: lived? All of them lived. Okay, okay. Yeah, you know, they, they seemed very elderly to me then, but that was 40 years okay. ago. <laughs> <laughs> I think they were probably my age.
0: Right.
1: <laughs> it's funny that that
0: happens, yeah. Yes, it is
1: funny <laughs> that that happens. So we sued the Klan um, in Chattanooga uh, for, this, for this violation. We got a, um, sued them under a, a, a statute passed in 1871 called the Ku Klux Klan Act. It was an act passed during the Reconstruction era to deal with Klan violence in the South, primarily. Um, we were successful. We got a verdict against the Klan, over half a million dollars. Back in 1980, wow. it's more than probably a million plus now yeah. in terms of U.S. New York, you know, current mm-hmm. dollars. And equally important, we got a civil injunction from the federal judge against future acts of Klan violence by this Klan group or their affiliates. Wow. That injunction was still in place. Never got reversed, never got set aside. Huh.
0: So explain, just explain, what does that mean now that you've gotten an injunction?
1: Here's what an injunction does. So in this case, these three Klansmen rode down, well actually five of them together, two cars, rode down the heart of the black community in Chattanooga and just randomly shooting people. So what happened? The prosecutors, there were, the cops arrested these men that very night, prosecuted them. Two of the Klansmen got off of all charges. One, and he's in the car driving, the guy was shooting the women. The other Klansman was in the back, back seat handing up the shotguns, he gets off of all charges. Hmm. You didn't have an aiding and abetting count? Conspiracy? Right. Yeah. No, none of that. One Klansman, the shooter, he got nine months sentenced for simple assault and got out six months, three months early for shooting five black women. If he had shot, if a black guy in Chattanooga had shot five white women... In I 1982. <laughs> yeah, that's Not I, today, but... Even, right. but yes, they, yeah. they would not have been walking through. Yeah. So the injunction, what it does is this. There are two kinds of contempt. There's criminal contempt and civil contempt. Civil contempt is what you see in the civil litigation and I don't give you documents you're supposed to get. You take me to the judge. Judge says, give him the documents or I'm putting you in jail for disobeying my order. That's civil contempt. Criminal contempt is when you violate a court order and they put you in jail for it. That's what this would be. So in our our injunction says it prohibits the Klan, their agents, signs, signs, et cetera, from engaging in acts of racially motivated violence in the city of Chattanooga. Got it. Now, what's the benefit? If one of these Klansmen had done that, we would send the U.S. Marshals out to have them arrested. They'd be brought to a federal judge and they'd be tried to see if, whether they violated the court order. There'd be no one, no jury. It'd be a judge. And he alone or she could sentence them for a term of years. So you avoid the criminal justice system in the state court. and You move it right into the federal court. More likely to get a conviction in that sense. Because there's no jury and no political judge and political operatives in the way. I was told many years later, I was trying a case, a murder case in, in Queens County. The lawyer walks up to me. I did not know who the guy was. He says, you don't know me, but I was in Chattanooga when you were down there. I said, were you? He says, yeah. And you don't know what you did for us. I said, what did I do for you? He said, after that case was over, there has not been a single incident of Klan violence.
0: That's what I was going to ask you. Like, that's what I was going to ask you. Not one. Wow. That's, now, what year was this again?
1: 1982. But, no, no,
0: no. That's the year. What year did someone come um, up to I would say
1: 86, maybe. Okay.
0: Okay. Maybe so like four or five charge. years later. Okay.
1: Yeah. And so to this very day, there's not been a single wow. incident wow. in Chattanooga. Wow, not one. Wow. So, forty years later, a, a, a journalist student at the University of Tennessee in Chattanooga is going on a downtown tour, and they walk her, they walk the group to East Ninth Street where this incident occurred. And she said, "I didn't. Ever, I never heard of this." She's like, "What?" So she started doing research. She found me here at Pace. Calls me up. This is pre pandemic and said, would you be willing to come down to Chattanooga and have a talk about the case? I said, sure. So I fly down to Chattanooga. I give this bit-blowing speech. <laughs> it was pretty, <laughs> it was, you know.
0: But you are capable of. <laughs> I,
1: yeah, I can. And to my wonder and amazement and joy, the last surviving one of my clients was present that day. Did you recognize her? Sure. Wow. And She's never spoken publicly and she spoke publicly that night for the wow. first time. Wow. And it was, it was unbelievable to hear her remembering and in her remembrance helped me years later mm-hmm. when I would go back to Chattanooga. And I'll tell you about that in a second to walk through the street and tell the filmmaker what was going on at each location. Mm-hmm. So I come back home. I get a call. From a gentleman named John Bader from Chattanooga, and he's a filmmaker, a documentarian, and says we'd like to make a film about the Chattanooga case. I said, "Well, sure. What can I do to help?" So we've been on this journey with him for now three years, I guess, or maybe more. And I've seen the, the first cut, and it's it's very powerful. Hmm. He spent a lot of time. He spent a lot of time with me. He, he
0: I'm going to interrupt you. You made a big jump. So you gave a speech, you met the woman, you reconnected. How did John Bear find you? And when did John Bear find you? He
1: found me within weeks of my speech. Okay. Weeks of it.
0: And John Bear is a documentarian?
1: He's a documentarian. Okay.
0: So he decides he's going to make a movie of this, a documentary of this story. Okay.
1: And he's made it. Wow. Wow. I think the the high point of it for me, I mean, he came here and interviewed interviewed me at Pace uh-huh. and filmed my class when uh-huh. I was oh, teaching okay. the class. And then another professor from Pace, uh, Betty Lawrence Lewis, she's an adjunct. She retired from Corporation Council in New York City. She and I, she was a young lawyer, so was okay. I, and I brought her to Chattanooga. It was her first trial. Mm-hmm. So she was on, she's being featured in the film as well as I am. But I think the high point for me well two high points. One, the case file is housed at NYU's Special Collections Library. Okay. Who who was were who you working for at the time? I was working for the Center for Constitutional Rights. Okay. We were part of the National anti clan Network. Okay. And CCR's role right. was to, to create a legal strategy to deal with Klan violence, which okay. was sweeping at the time, in the yeah. 80s. That yeah. yeah. So, it was,
0: by the way, I went to school at the University of Florida in 1980s, mm. and there were Klan rallies. I mean, you saw them.
1: You All know? over the place. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we developed this legal strategy of using this statute. It was passed in the 19th century. It had never been used civilly before.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, we literally waited for the case to come along. And when Chattanooga happened, we we were contacted by the head of the NAACP there, and we told them what we were doing and what we'd like to do. We met the women and um got involved in the case. Mm-hmm. And it was my first case too. Was, oh
0: my gosh. It
1: was my first major case, not wow. some small minor things, but my first trial.
0: Wow. And
1: I literally lived in Chattanooga for four years. I mean, I was that like, long. Oh yeah, 82 to 86. Wow. Four, and then-
0: 82
1: to 86, at least four years. Um, and I was the guy on the scene. I was like local counsel. Uh-huh. Matter of fact, to show you how crazy it was. But did
0: you to become a member of the Tennessee no. bar? Okay. speaking
1: of, that's an interesting question. So in Tennessee, like many other states, you can get admitted pro hoc vice is what it's called. Okay. It's for the purposes of that case. Okay. But you have to have a local lawyer admit, you know, move your admission. Okay. So we come to Chattanooga and we go meet these lawyers, legal services lawyers, and they have a whole bunch of lawyers. Trying to get somebody to sign on with us in general, not a single lawyer would agree to sign on. Not one. Wow. We had to go to the other end of the state. Wow. To Memphis, Tennessee, all the way on the other end of the state to get a lawyer, A.C. Wharton, to sign the papers with us.
0: Why do you so so I mean we're talking about race, so let's talk about race for just a second. So you're African American. Uh, so they say. <laughs> <laughs> Another story. No. Um when you approach people in Tennessee, did you approach both white and African-American
1: people? Like
0: no, African, no one.
1: No one would touch us.
0: No race, no religion, legal, nothing. It's yes,
1: real kicker. Okay. The legal services office. Uh-huh. We had approached them. Right. They refused us. We didn't get too far. We didn't have a conversation, really. But they no, we can't handle that. Okay, whatever. So I get a call. I'm in New York. I get a call from the court. That we're having a special hearing of some sort. So I fly down Chattanooga. I go up to the courthouse and I see the head of the clan. He was three years. Old, the man, he might have weighed 300 pounds, hmm. six, five. I would say one, one of his legs, three of mine. Wow. The guy was a hulk. So I see him standing by the courthouse door that I normally go into through in the street. I said, No, nah, I don't think I'm going to go in there. <laughs> And I see a lot of media buzzing around. Him. Hmm. So I go in another door and I'm sitting in the courtroom. Bill Church gets up and says, I'm here, Your Honor. I need a court-appointed attorney. That says, All right, well, I'll I'll appoint an attorney. Calls out this guy's name. Turns out the lawyer from Legal Services came to the courtroom to represent the head of the Ku Klux Klan. Wow. Wow. wow.
0: All
1: right. So that's how it's slipping through the roof. Yeah. So yeah. that evening I went home home. <laughs> we went to the hotel. Right, I was say. That I was staying at, and um, turned on the TV. There's Bill Church. held huh. a press conference before he came to the courtroom. And what did he say in the press conference? He said things like, you know, we're not wearing white robes anymore. You can't do anything in a robe. We're going to be wearing um, combat uniforms, military style gear. We're going up into the mountains to train and get ready for the race war that is coming. We played that for the jury and the judge, and that's how we got the injunction.
0: Oh, that's how we got
1: the injunction. It was very funny. So Anyway, so fast forward to all right. So
0: yeah, so now CCR gives their the papers to NYU.
1: NYU. I haven't seen this file in forty years. Mm-hmm. So they asked me to come down. They have the cameras all in the room. Box is sitting there. They literally won't let me open the box until the cameras are ready to roll. All right,
0: this is the documentarian. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. So cameras start to roll, I'm opening the box. I, I swear, God, it, it, it was like going back in time. Mm-hmm. I was looking at, I mean, he, he caught me in, in, in the moment. There was no prep, I didn't know what he was gonna do, I know what I was gonna do. And I'm looking at my original notes that I wrote when I first met the women. I mean, just things, just took me back. So mm-hmm. here's the thing, as I'm looking through this box, at the end of the box and black folded, Oh, I fold my own handwriting on it. My opening argument is there, my draft. So I, so I can't see to the back of the box. I can't see the back of the box. So I stand up to look in. I put my hand in and I find there are three cassette tapes there. No one had seen it. The documentarian who had looked at the box hadn't seen it. The librarians hadn't seen it. I saw it, but I had to stand up. What were those three tapes? Two of them were the actual confessions. That the Klansmen gave to the oh, cops wow. when they were arrested. Wow. The third tape was the audio tape of the press conference that I just mentioned to you uh-huh. that Bill Church gave. So now that audio tape can be part of the film. But it, it was an amazing
0: film. Wow.
1: Yeah, it's an amazing film. And what he does, which I thought was really relevant, uh-huh. he doesn't just talk about this from a perspective of what happened in 1982. Mm-mm. He ties it to what's going on today. Yeah,
0: because it does. You know, there are some very—I mean, it—it it, it could happen
1: today. Sadly, the, there were two lawyers who worked formerly with Paul Weiss, uh-huh. and they litigated a case against the far right out of the Charlottesville incident, where the right. where these right-wing Nazis and terrorists and whatever they were came to Charlottesville, and people died. I know, young woman died in that, in that situation. Yeah, so she sued these groups. These two lawyers. They used the Ku Klux Klan Act, the same statute that I used. Wow. Exact same statute. He mentions that. And then also the Southern Poverty Law Center, who they were originally part of the Southern of our anti-Klan network. After our work, they took that same model and sued the Klan all across the South and into California. Hmm. And, and what these two commentators said, both Southern Poverty and the lawyers at Charlottesville. That without the precedent we had established, it would have made the cases so much more difficult. Wow! So we were really pleased to just be a part of this.
0: Yeah, because so it's coming out. Yeah, okay, wait, what's the name of it?
1: Oh, how to sue the Klan.
0: Okay, how to sue the Klan. How and- to sue the Klan. And when is it coming out?
1: Twenty twenty-four. Okay. Hopefully, it'll be in festivals. Uh huh. Um, and then certainly okay. released. Right. Um, if you want to get some news about it, uh huh, you can go on their website. Okay. I mean, I'll
0: post that in the liner notes, yeah. How
1: to Sue the Klan, uh-huh. you know, and it'll show up in your uh, on your thing. Okay. you see news about the show. Right. And also what the uh, producers are, uh, are doing or want to do is to have the film shown in law schools all across the country to show lawyers and law students what's capable, right. what's possible under the law, right. even the most difficult of circumstances. Because right. to be frank, when we came into Chattanooga, I mean, it was a hostile time.
0: Yeah, you were like 30, right? I mean, you Mm -hmm. must have Less than 30. Wow.
1: I was in my late 20s.
0: Wow. (laughs) That's crazy. But there's another takeaway, right? A, two takeaways. One is you can do anything no matter how new you are to the law. And two, you never know where life's going to take you. You never know. So, because you are a renowned civil rights attorney now. Um, That's where. (laughs) Uh,
1: Well, thank you. I think I'm civil rights lawyer. But um, yeah, so I'm really pleased. So they're going to ask me when we take the film around, uh, they want me to accompany them to lecture law schools. It's a great idea. And we're going to bring it here. The first place I want the film to be shown is right here at Pace Law School. Great. we are working on that now. Thank you. For February, hopefully 2024. Wonderful.
0: It's so exciting. Well-deserved. And thank you so much for sharing about this. Thank you. Look forward to seeing it. Take Take care. care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So there you have it. Hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have a topic you'd like us to discuss or a professor or attorney with whom you'd like me to speak, send us an email at legaltensor at westacademic.com and send us any suggestions you may have. We love getting feedback. Have a great day. This podcast was created in collaboration with West Academic. Additional episodes can be found on the West Academic Study Aids Collection. Students may already have access through their school subscription and can check with their law school library for access. For a limited time, Legal Tensor listeners can save 15% on titles on the West Academic Store with the promo code TENZER15 at checkout.